The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Ticking Stock with Kelly McMillan. If the name sounds like a business show to you, then you've got it all wrong. Kelly McMillan is the principal of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks and will talk about shooting for fun, competition, hunting, and self-defense. Now, here is your host, Kelly McMillan. Welcome to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. I'm your host, and today we'll be spending the next hour talking about things related to the firearms industry and the shooting sports. Uh, I've got a terrific show today. I've got my sidekick here with me, Zev. Say hi, Zev. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Good, good. good Feeling man. good, getting over that shot show flu. <laughs> good. Well, I know a lot of people had it. Fortunately, uh, I usually come home without it. I've got a really good immune system, and, and I'm real thankful for that. Uh, um, on our show today, we're going to spend the next hour talking to women who have found a niche in the firearms industry. As most everybody knows, um, this is a male-dominated industry. As a matter of fact, we refer to it as a good old bo- boy interest industry. And having run McMillan fiberglass stocks for the last, you know, 35 years, we've seen a, a huge number of customers who just didn't want to talk to a woman. Even though our front office staff are as experienced and know more about fiberglass stocks than anybody in the country, especially McMillan stocks, guys just want to talk to other guys. So I find it really fascinating when women... Uh, choose to buck that trend and get involved in the firearms industry. I think we need it. I think uh, women in the industry will help draw other women into the shooting sports, and I think that's a must uh, to, for this industry to survive. So I'm going to introduce you first to uh, a lady that I met a number of years ago, and since we've known each other, our paths have crossed on uh, a number of different occasions in different uh, circumstances. Uh, she's probably one of the smartest IT people I know, but she found her niche in the firearms industry um, by accident when trying to find camouflage clothing to fit her uh, because she's an avid hunter. Uh, her name is Mary Hagen, and I want to uh, invite her to the show now. Mary, thanks for being here. Kelly, thank you for having me. And that was a great way of introducing me. I did kind of stumble into the industry. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. I think the first time that we um, crossed paths was at a fundraising event, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah I believe that's correct. Well, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got interested in the shooting sports? Uh, I think your your big focus has always been archery, but we consider that part of the shooting sports. So um, let's uh, give us a little bit of your history. Sure, absolutely. Um, so as you had mentioned, I did come out of the IT industry, but even as a technologist, 
um, and a project manager there, I've, I've always been an outdoors woman. And uh, several years ago now, I had picked up bow hunting and fell in love with the sport, and then I really got into the shooting sports, uh, both firearms and archery, but primarily archery for my bow hunting purposes. Um, but where I was really struggling was in finding something to wear for these new activities. Um, I'd go shopping, and my options were just, uh, on the women's side, I was only finding, you know, larger, extra large, and, and not very protective material to wear. And my other option was to buy extra small men's gear, which is a whole other disaster. <laughs> so, <laughs> so several years ago now, um, I just jumped into the industry and thought, you know, I'm a businesswoman and I'm an outdoors woman, and why not combine something that I love with something that I'm good at and make this stuff myself? <laughs> and it's turned out really to be a good gig, and I, I really enjoy what we do now and um, mm-hmm. So that's that's how I got into it. Um, yeah. Hey, Mar- Marriott Zev here, and I remember the first time I met you was about a year ago at the Arizona State Rifle uh, Association's event at Cowtown, and you had yep. a bay where you brought a couple bales of, of hay, and uh, I remember being fascinated by seeing you with the bow, but at the same point, at the same token, you were wearing a, a large uh, everyday carry. Uh, on your hip as well, so you kind of wore both well. And interestingly enough, I uh, also came from the IT world. Originally, having worked in a slaughterhouse in Detroit, um, I, I got into IT, which, of course, as you know, is a natural transition from a slaughterhouse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but then, after having been in IT for about 25 years, I was just going stir crazy, and, and that's what got me into the shooting sport. So I can. Totally relate. Um, on that day that we were yeah. out at Cowtown, you were very uh, uh, generous and gracious and showing folks proper form on, on how to use their, their bow. And if you remember, I'm a, I'm a left eye dominant person and you even worked with me a bit. And uh, <laughs> I do so, do you, <laughs> yeah. do you also do a little training? Um, do you take people on hunts? Where, where does your archery uh, take you as far as, um, uh, as, as an industry? I do. Um, I do do a little bit of training, but not as a professional. Um, you know, anyone that wants to learn how to shoot, and, and especially as they're just getting into it and kind of deciding if it's going to be for them or not for them, um, those are the types of people that will usually approach me and just kind of casually, you know, hey, do you think you could take me out to shoot a bow once or twice? And um, usually what I'll do is I'll bring them into uh, my buddies over at Arizona Archery Club. I think you guys know all those guys, too. And uh, I love um, that place. My my little 12-year-old goes there, too. So Oh, it's like heaven for any archer. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's a wonderful place. But I'll usually bring people in there, and um, a lot of them will transition into taking some lessons and even getting into hunting. But um, But I do really enjoy getting people to take that first step and kind of just come along with me and see if they like it. And uh, let's be real, most people, if they try it, they like it. <laughs> well, since you have a, a connection to the IT uh, industry, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, there are some listeners out there, I'm sure, that would uh, love to hear more about that. Absolutely. Um, so my, my other company and, and really my, my larger company that helped me get Hagen Hunting off the ground is uh, just Hagen Companies. It's an all-software development company. Um, so myself with project management skills and my team with um, the really heavy development skills and design skills, we build websites, 
CRM, sales funnels, you name it, anything, anything software related, we can put that together. Um, we've been working with some really fun people uh, already this year in 2017. We're working with uh, a Russo and Steel big car auction company um, based here in Scottsdale, and that's a blast. So I, I am still really in that IT world as well. There was a time when you handled all of my um, social media for me uh, before I hired somebody in-house uh, to fill that position, but yeah. that's that's a big part of what you do, isn't it? It is. Um, we do take on a lot of social accounts as well. Um, social media, I know, I know especially now having my own startup, uh, social media is so crucial, and I preached that before I had my own startup, but once I got into Hagen Hunting, um, nearly 90% of my sales at Hagen Hunting have stemmed from social media campaigns that I run myself, and so uh, it's really cool to be able to apply uh, something that I do for other companies to my own baby now and see it really pan out. It's very rewarding. So let's talk a little bit about hunting. Um, you've, you've done some hunting. Is it exclusively archery? Um, I have exclusively archery hunted. Um, I, I think this year in 2017, I'd like to take a rifle out and give it a try. Um, I just, when I started hunting, it was with a bow, and so I just kind of got into that. But my, one of my buddies that I hunt with um, hunts with a rifle as well, and he's always successful in the rifle hunts. And the archery hunts are tough. I think I'm going to pick up a rifle and give that a shot this year, too. And Mary, this is something I always wondered, and perhaps our listeners as well, but is it easier to get tag for an uh, archery hunt than it is for a rifle hunt? It is. That's one of the main reasons that archery is so popular in the state of Arizona, uh, for hunting anyways. You can, you can buy over-the-counter tags for deer uh, twice a year, uh, three times a year, actually, January, August, and December. So, How do you like that? Hmm. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, back you to your... Only, uh, you can only oh, go, bring one down a year, but you can go out as often as you like. Wonderful. I'm looking at your profile here on your bio that you submitted, and you have nine uh, URLs attached to you, which is definitely a record for us. Uh, we're talking Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and multiple accounts, depending on which one. So you're obviously doing a good job in self-promotion, and I'll need to talk to you after the show uh, about some more IT work. But that sounds very interesting. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to. Since you brought it up, uh, why don't you give our listeners the main URL for them to contact you and a way to find uh, all of the different ways to follow you? Um, the main URL to contact me is maryhagen.com. Um, but I wouldn't be a good businesswoman if I didn't direct people to hagenhunting.com as well, where they can find all of the camouflage that I design. Well, that's awesome. And they can find uh, links to your Twitter and, and uh, all the other social that you do. Yes. Cool. Uh, any particular hunting stories you like to tell? Um, oh, man, they're all so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What's a good one? Um, all right, I've got, I've, I've got one. I, I will actually tell my very first hunting story because this, this one's always a kicker, and I, I still kick myself for it, but it's funny. So uh, my very first hunt was 
happen to be a once-in-a-lifetime luck-of-the-draw Unit 8 archery bull tag. Um, early archery hunt, it, it's like the best hunt you could get in the state of Arizona. And um, so I was obviously immediately hooked. But so we went out, and day one we were on bulls, day two we were on bulls, and I'm getting antsy, you know, and like, there's bulls everywhere, let's just go get one. So finally, uh, we go down and, and, and stock on one, and um, probably a good 350, 360 bull, and he ended up walking right at me, and I have my bow at full draw, and I'm shaking away, and I can barely breathe, and my heart's going a million miles an hour, <laughs> and he walks in to about 10 yards, broadside, perfect shot, and um, my buddy that was with me who taught me how to shoot and how to hunt and do all of this was standing right behind me, ranging him, and and he had told me every step of the way what to do, you know, knock an arrow, draw your bow. Okay, he's at 20 yards, he's at 15 yards, he's at 10 yards. And I, I think I was just in such a trance and I was so excited, I half expected him to say, shoot. And he never <laughs> said it, so I let my bow down. <laughs> and, and I turned to look at him and he's like, what are you doing? You know, mouthing it to me. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> The bull ran away, and uh, the short version of that story is I didn't get a bull. <laughs> so I still kick myself for it, but I would never take away. Uh, the experience was still so cool just to be that close to an animal that big and on your first hunt ever. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything except for pulling the trigger. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you shared that because I, I love to hear the joy in your voice when you talk about a hunt that didn't end up in taking a, a, a trophy bull. That's oh, what yeah. most people don't understand who don't hunt, that the joy in, in hunting is being out in nature, uh, seeing animals, having an opportunity, whether you take it or not, uh, to to be one with those. And, you know, basically our, our, our primeval um, skills of hunting, they, I think those are pretty much uh, ingrained in us from, you know, thousands of years ago. But you were yeah. lucky. You talk about having somebody behind you and, and teaching you step by step every bit of the way. And unfortunately today, um, fewer men are hunting, so fewer men are teaching their children to hunt. Now, I do know um, at least a half a dozen guys that are, are friends on my Facebook page who um, post pictures of their daughters who hunt, and, and they're really happy about that. Um, yeah, so, I love to see that. So I'm I'm anxious to talk just a little bit more about um, you and uh, your experience. And the one thing you mentioned, just for those people who don't know, uh, in Arizona we we measure almost all of our game by inches, and uh, a 350 inch bull is probably a six by six, maybe a six by seven, with pretty massive beams and. Uh, uh, probably about you know 36 inches, maybe 34 inches between uh, the antlers. So that's just to give those people who don't score bulls the way we do an idea of, of what a really terrific bull that was that you couldn't pull the trigger on or uh, <laughs> loose the arrow on. Uh, it's happened more than once, but <laughs> but um, yeah, I you know what all of my hunting stories. They, Every single time we go out, it's fun. Um, I don't even mind, you know, just even 
even pretty recently, I, I've been out hunting. Um, you know, it's, it's cold and there's snow on the ground. and But it's deer season, you know, so we go. But it's cold, there's snow on the ground, and I'm, you know, sneezing and sniffling in the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> but I still wouldn't trade the opportunity to go out and hunt for anything. Um, and, you know, I've, as a bow hunter and, and starting out there, I've had a lot of unsuccessful quote-unquote hunts. But, uh, but like I keep saying, I still wouldn't trade those experiences. There's, it's so fun just to go out, and I've been so close to so many animals. And um, even, even if you don't have a good shot, it's... I, I have always said that a hunt for me is 90% about the hunt, 10% about the kill. Um, the, the mountain views, the, the camaraderie, the campfire stories, that's what it's all about. Well, I'm glad you feel that way because I think most true uh, hunters that, that have it, you know, that passion for it feel exactly the same way. And it's nice that you articulate that for our listeners who may not hunt. Um, you know, as always with very interesting guests, time has flown, Mary. I really have enjoyed having you on the show. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, would you do me a favor, give our listeners one last time your uh, URL so that they can get in touch with you? Sure. MaryHagen.com and or HagenHunting.com. And that's H-A-G-E-N. That's correct. Correct? H-A-G-E-N. Well, thanks for being with us, Mary. It's uh, really nice to get to talk to you, and and I look forward to the next time we get together. Likewise. Thank you, Kelly. Take care, Mary. Okay. Um, That ends our first segment. Um, Stay tuned through this commercial break, and we'll be right back with another terrific guest. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. For over 40 years, Macmillan USA has been at the leading edge of the gunstock industry. The company was born out of the desire to improve and perfect form, function, and precision with every one of their premium fiberglass stocks. From tactical to hunting to competitive shooting, Macmillan stocks are designed to dominate. Their signature three-way adjustable butt plates, adjustable cheek pieces, rail mounts, and adapters provide a versatile platform built on performance. Over 65 custom finishes are available, ranging from solid colors to camouflage. Check out the Macmillan website for hundreds of stocks available for immediate delivery. And for those wanting something more specialized, call the knowledgeable and friendly staff at Macmillan for a complete list of options at 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. Again, that's 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. 
have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Now back to the show. Welcome back, and uh, we're looking forward to our next guest. But before we get to her, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, a website that that I'd like to pass on some information about. Uh, About two years ago, uh, a man called me up and said, hey, I have this great idea for a a website, and I think we need somebody with some clout behind it. Would you mind... uh, you know, helping us with some advice and, and just kind of being mentors to us because we've never been in, in the firearms industry before. So I, I took some pride in the fact that they asked me and, and they have worked really hard for two years to produce an auction website that really puts the, the buyers and the sellers first. The name of the website is allguntalk.com. So I, I highly recommend that you check it out if you've ever bought guns online or sold guns online, uh, and not in the way that the liberals talk about it, but in the legal way. Uh, you probably noticed that the organizations that are out there that offer the auction service take fees for just about everything that you want to do. Uh, and one of the things about allgun.com talk.com's uh, philosophy is they are sell- selling advertising and so that the fees that they charge the the sellers don't get transferred to the buyers because there aren't any so I, I just wanted to mention that check that out that's all guntalk.com and um, for now I'd like to get to another lady in our firearms industry that has for whatever reason, decided that uh, if she was going to make a mark in business anywhere, she wanted to do it in the firearms industry. Uh, Her name is Sandy Keller, and she owns Offhand Gear. Welcome, Sandy. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to do this with you. Good. I'm glad to have you here. Well, let's tell our listeners a little bit about you, some history, and, and how it is that you started with Offhand Gear. Um, well, my story's, I don't know, somewhat typical compared to a lot of women I talked to. Um, hubby took me to the range, and I fell in love with the whole concept of learning to shoot a gun and carrying a gun and being able to protect myself. Um, however, I was really disappointed with the lack of products that were out there designed for women. Um, there was lots of really great quality products out there, but nothing kind of designed that fit my lifestyle or my body shape and and my needs. And so having kind of an interior design background and a mathematical background, I decided to design my own products. And so that's kind of how Offhand Gear got started, is out of my own desire to have something made for me and researching and finding a way to do that. 
Well, I know one of the first things that uh, I purchased from you was the NORB. Uh, you want to tell our listeners what that is? The NORB stands for No Ordinary Range Bag. And basically, that's kind of what I did, is I took um, my tactical range bag that I had and my favorite handbag that I had, and I pretty much took what I loved out of both scenarios and redesigned one bag to do it all and called it NORB. Um, So when I would go, like during my lunch from my day job to go train, I didn't have to pack both a range bag and a handbag. I could put everything in one bag. It looked very inconspicuous and didn't look like I was going to the range. And um, so I was incognito, had everything I needed, and it was durable enough to handle all the weight and abuse of the range gear. And also all USA made. So that's that's kind of what started me on this whole journey with Norm. <laughs> Well, well, you know how much I loved it. I've purchased one for just about every woman in my life that that carries and shoots. So um, I think it's it's no brainer that every woman who wants to to go to the range or to carry a bag that you can carry a handgun and even a second one. You've got plenty of room in there that you could carry two handguns in it if you wanted to. But you've you've did some things with this that that you don't ordinarily think of and you've kind of made it a carry purse as well because you can access the firearm from without laying it out on the the bench. Correct, correct. Again, it, it I really designed it around what made sense for me and most of the other women shooters that I was getting to know and that is, you know, I may go to the range but on the way home being a mom with kids and, and a job and everything else, I have to hit the grocery store on the way home. Well, I can literally walk in the grocery store and all my range gear's in there, my wallet's in there, my phone's in there. You know, it's it's one bag that can do it all. Um, it's designed specifically to be a range bag from the quality and durability standpoint, but it's, I would say, probably 70% of the women that purchase NORB, they do use it for everyday use also because it is basically a laptop bag. Um and carries two guns and a wallet and everything else you could need. Hey, Sandy, Zev here. Um, I'm a mm-hmm. big proponent of an everyday carry, and, um, you know, although I have a lot of friends who are in the open carry world, um, I do agree, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that um, being able to conceal it is of import because you want to be able to have that option of uh, going about your business with your children within the public, and you also don't want to be a mark if, God forbid, something does happen. So um, I remember coming into Kelly's office uh, probably more than a couple years back, and he was real excited uh, when he had gotten your your NORB, your No Ordinary Range bag, and he showed it to me, and I was pretty impressed with it then, and I'm glad to hear that it's going well and that uh, people are buying it for the right reasons. So great job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been fun, and this year, you know, there's going to be two or three new fabrics coming out, and um, you know, just keep continuing to try and grow the brand, and come out with my long list of products as I can. Well, let's talk about Norm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, tell that us was, about it. Well, that's the no ordinary range mat, um, and again, it's. You know, um, I was blessed to connect with Regina Milkovich and her whole little crew of friends and hubby, and they took me out long-range shooting, and 
I fell in love with it. And, you know, it, it, it really bothered me because I'm sitting there and I'm watching Regina shoot and she's got like these knee pads on her elbows. And I'm like, why does she have knee pads on her elbows? This is insane. And, you know, after doing some shooting myself, I'm like, you know, all the range mats out there, it's like, they're all the same. It's like, let's do something different. And so that's, that's norm. Um, again, it's, it's, you know, as I grow in the shooting sport, I keep finding these products that I'm like, why does everybody just keep making it the same way? Let's do something different. And so I sat down and again, you know, grabbed a, a typical shooting mat and kind of said, okay, what do I wish this was? And got some input from some other long-range shooters and just kind of went to the drawing board. And it's actually a, a local sewer here in Phoenix that's sewing these for me. And, you know, we just sat down and redesigned the whole thing and came out with Norm. I glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things that I love about all your products is that they're 100% American-made. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you go that way? You, we all know that you can get sewing done in other places. Uh, but, and I've also been really uh, excited that you've actually sourced some really high-quality uh, materials and hardware to make your stuff. Uh, well, and that, you know, that has something to do with the amount of time it takes me to come out with new products. Um, and that is sourcing materials um, because it is really hard to source some of the stuff. And there's some of my projects that I have basically on the drawing board that have not come to production yet for that very reason. There's one little component or two little components that I haven't found sources for yet. Um, but naturally, as I do, and, and I think as more and more stuff comes back to the United States, it's going to get a little easier. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I was just really adamant about Keeping it USA made, you know, it really bothers me how much things have been sourced out of country and, you know, seeing the unemployment, what it is. And it's like, you know, even if I stay just a one-woman one operation here, at least I can help employ some people with the people I use to sew and, and source materials from and try to do my part to keep neighbors working. That sounds like uh, our new president's theme of America First. So that that's awesome. I really like that. Um, yes. But I know that you've done some other things that that have helped uh, cash flow, and and I've seen some really interesting T-shirts that you've uh, designed. I think one of the ones I think everybody knows what PMS stands for in the medical <laughs> world. Uh, in the relationship world, I think most of us have heard women say it's putting up with men's, you know, yeah. blank. Uh, so tell us what PMS means to you. Um, PMS is one of my, probably my funniest and best-selling t-shirts, and it's PMS packing my sidearm. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it was the very first T-shirt I designed, to be honest with you, and it's still in the line and still one of the best-selling ones. <laughs> and how many uh, different offerings in the clothing line do you have? Um, currently, there's 17. However, I'm retiring about 12 of them. Um, we actually just recently found out that one of our American-made suppliers for our T-shirt blanks is shutting down. 
So I am going to here for 2017 be redoing the entire um, apparel side of the brand. And so we're retiring a lot of the current stuff so that we can come out with all new and with a new American-made company. For our listeners who would like to uh, see what you have uh, to sell, why don't you give them your URL? It is offhandgear, O-F-S-H-A-N-D-G-E-A-R.com. And I see that you have almost as many URLs as Mary Hagen did. Uh, you're on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, you know, they can look you up. Uh, uh, they all seem to have offhand gear as their tag. So, Correct, correct. Um, the only exception is on Facebook. It's offhandgear.usa. Now, we've got just a couple of minutes left, and there's one one item that you have for sale that I know you're extremely proud of, and I think they're so cool. Uh, why don't you talk about your handguards? Ah, yes, the AR-15 handguards. Um, those, yeah, those are a lot of fun. Um, they, my favorite thing about them is the number of emails and you know, phone calls I get from men regarding how the intimidation factor they are platform, um, how this has taken that intimidation away for their wives, their girlfriends, and how a lot of women will see an AR-15 with one of my handguards on it, and they'll say, okay, if you'll build me one that looks like this, I'll go to the range. And so I would say that that is probably my favorite thing about them is how they take that intimidation factor of the platform away. But even though they're beautiful, they have specific function. They are a smaller diameter, so they fit a woman's hand better. All the design work is back beveled so that they're not, they don't catch on your gloves or your rings or cut your hands at all. They're much easier to hang on to and, and, you know, they're still plenty aggressive enough to hang on to, but they don't cut you up. Um, and they're very, very light. The heaviest one is only 11.8 ounces. And Sandy, will those work on both low-profile and regular-profile gas blocks as well as piston? Um, does it need to be a free-floating barrel? Can you just tell us a little bit about those parameters? Um, it does have to run a low-profile gas block. And they are a free-float system, and they do come with the barrel nut. Um, in order to install them. Um, so it, it's really not that hard of a trade-out. Um, I'm not an armorer by any means, and I, I trade them out on my, my AR all the time. Yeah, the so way you just described it, that sounds super easy and, and super benefit. So I'm definitely going to look for one for my gal. <laughs> yeah, one of the things really I. Easy. One of the things I know because I've seen them is that no verbal explanation of what they look like is going to do them justice. So I highly recommend anybody that would be interested in this uh, take a look at offhandgear.com. They're just so cool. I guess you could call them. uh, You have one that's a a fleur-de-lis pattern, but I don't even think that does it justice. Uh, Do you have more than one pattern? Yeah, there's the rose vine, um, which is basically, you know, I always joke around about the roses that'll never wilt, um, <laughs> the fleur de lis. We have the skull vine, which is kind of a scrolly um, pattern with skulls. And then we have the same one where the skulls are actually etched out to look like sugar skulls. 
We have mandala lotus, which is a, a very geometrical mandala um, type design. Um, one very popular one right now is the kiss my brass, which is a <laughs> bunch of lips. And then there's butterfly flight, which is um, four or five butterflies, depending on the size that you get of the handguard. And then we have, uh, again, some more new ones coming out here in, in the next couple of months. Well, that's terrific. Uh, how have sales been? Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, yeah, the, the handguards have really been surprising, to be honest with you. They've, they've really taken off, and, and people have really, really liked them. And again, the number of women that it has taken that intimidation of the platform away for, it's been phenomenal. Well, as with the, our last guest, we've just screamed by this segment. We're almost out of time. I want to thank you very much for being on, Sandy. You know how much I love you, um, and I'm I'm proud that uh, I can say in, in a small way I've been a mentor, and uh, I'm glad your success is, is coming, uh, though I know you feel like it's really hard but uh, <laughs> you know that's why we call it work in a business if it were play or a game there, there wouldn't we wouldn't be as rewarded as we are when we we make a uh, successful business well I can't thank you enough and you've been more than a small mentor Kelly you have been a huge mentor and I just adore you and your wife and everything you guys have done well thanks for being on the show thank you And for the rest of our listeners, we're going to take a short break. Uh, We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For over 40 years, Macmillan USA has been at the leading edge of the gun stock industry. The company was born out of the desire to improve and perfect form, function, and precision with every one of their premium fiberglass stocks. From tactical to hunting to competitive shooting, Macmillan stocks are designed to dominate. Their signature three-way adjustable butt plates, adjustable cheek pieces, rail mounts, and adapters provide a versatile platform built on performance. Over 65 custom finishes are available, ranging from solid colors to camouflage. Check out the Macmillan website for hundreds of stocks available for immediate delivery. And for those wanting something more specialized, call the knowledgeable and friendly staff at Macmillan for a complete list of options at 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. Again, that's 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. 
Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Now back to the show. Hi, welcome back. Uh, Glad all of you could join us today. Uh, We've had two great guests on earlier, and our third guest is going to be just as entertaining. Um, Sticking with the females in the firearms industry slash shooting sports, Courtney Smith will be our next guest. Uh, She's taken the time out of her busy schedule to uh, spend a little bit of time with us. As a matter of fact, right now she's in uh, North Carolina, uh, which is her home, but she's attending an event, and uh, I would like to have her uh, tell us about that. Courtney, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Kelly, for having me. I, I truly appreciate you being lumped into this great group of females and in this industry. Well, we appreciate you being on the show. Well, to start off with, let's talk about the event that you're at. Uh, how do you support the firearms industry? So I am a hunter. Um, that is what I love to do. I love to be outdoors, and conservation to me is key. So I am actually here in Davidson County helping them set up. It's for the local chapter of NWTF, which if you're not a hunter and you don't know what that is, it's the National Wildlife Turkey Federation. And so I'm here helping them set up for their big banquet tonight that we're going to be doing. There's lots of raffles, giveaways, um, just trying to raise money for conservation to save the habitat so that we can continue to hunt and continue to have strong turkey population. So that's one of the first animals that I started hunting that really got me into hunting. So I truly love turkey hunting. It's something very dear to my heart and something that I just want to support and make sure is around for the long haul and that our younger generations can always enjoy it as much as I have. Well, that's awesome, and I tell you, you you picked a tough opponent to start with. Uh, everyone that I've ever talked to, and now I've hunted turkey a couple of times in Arizona, and they're not like the Midwest or Eastern uh, turkeys who have this innate ability to run full speed and keep a bush between you and them. Uh, how they do that, I have no idea, but uh, I've heard they're a real challenge to hunt. They are. They are the dumbest slash smartest animal. <laughs> they they make me hate them and love them all at the same time. So I that was one of the things that I loved about hunting them was the challenge that came with it and then the meat that you get from the animal. So I process, my husband and I actually process all of our own meat ourselves and what we harvest and we live off that for the year. So <clears throat> hunting turkeys I loved the challenge of it and then when you are successful and you work so hard for something there's just pride that comes with that and that's one of the things that I love about them in general 
Hey, Courtney, Zev here. Uh, you mentioned you're in North Carolina, and, and I, I feel like every time I say something, i got to start out with, I'll tell you what, because that's one thing I learned out there. <laughs> Whenever you tell a good story, it always starts with, I'll tell you what. But uh, I used to work for... Or, or y'all. <laughs> or y'all, all y'all. Uh, but when I was uh, a few years back, I was working for Davidson's, and uh, they're out uh, in North Carolina as well. And I remember Brian Tucker, the CEO of Davidson's, his LinkedIn picture, he might, it might still be up there, used to be of him with a turkey that he caught because uh, turkey shooting is so tough out there in Davidson County and, and in that whole area. But uh, yeah, definitely a tough one to pick. And how, you know, what did you use back then when you first started? Because I believe uh, I, I read about you that you actually grew up in the outdoors. So how old were you and, and what did you use? So I I did grow up in the outdoors with my dad, um, hunting, or not hunting, I was actually more into fishing, water sports, camping, hiking, backpacking, and I was the oldest um, granddaughter, and I was the only girl for a really long time. So none of the men actually in my family ever asked me to go hunting. I grew up around it and saw it, so I was accustomed to it, but had never been asked to go until actually I started dating my husband, and he is the one who really got me into hunting about four, um, almost five years ago. And he, we started, I started tagging along with deer hunting with him and just didn't have like a huge interest in it at first. And then we started hunting turkeys, and that really got me into it. And I like a challenge, so of course, the first two years that I hunted turkeys, I only hunted them with a bow. <laughs> wow. They're not hard enough already. <laughs> really they're hard with a shotgun. Like, <laughs> right. I just like to really challenge myself. So um, for the first two years that I hunted them, I only had a bow and finally decided, you know what, I guess I'll put the bow down because I've been skunked enough that I'll pick up a shotgun and... Um, I still try to hunt them with my bow. I'm on, uh, this will be my fifth season trying to get one with a bow and hopefully it'll happen. But if not, there's always next year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just really like that challenge. So that's really how I started was with bow hunting. I'm really glad you mentioned the part about processing your own meat and using it to live on. Um, That kind of speaks to the ethics of hunting. I know that there are a lot of unknowledgeable people who make all kinds of statements on the internet about you know how terrible hunting is and uh, they just aren't smart enough to understand or haven't been told that hunting is the way that we basically practice conservation we make sure that the the herds uh, and the the flocks of animals are protected to the extent that they can flourish and maintain. And we only hunt enough to um, basically um, manage the herds. So I too... Right, and that's something a lot of people don't understand at all. I'm like you. I, I eat everything I shoot or catch. Uh, if I don't, I'm an avid saltwater fisherman as well, and so if it's something that's not particularly good to eat or um, is too big, like a marlin, for instance, marlin is very good to eat, but 
rarely do I ever keep one because there's just so much meat that that I don't feel comfortable. So we do a lot of catch and release. Um, same in, in the hunting world. I don't ever target anything that uh, ends up being just to kill. I want something that, that I'm, I find a challenge and that um, I can put meat on the table with. So that's part of how I determine whether or not, you know, my hunting is ethical or not. Um, always practice good um, trigger control and I want to make a good shot. Right. And I want to make a humane kill. But when we talk about ethics and humanity and, and it, you, because you have such a big presence in the internet, you probably get a lot of feedback. Why don't you talk about how you handle some of the negative feedback and, and what your focus is when you talk to somebody who's an anti-hunter? Yeah, so um, I am very fortunate that I haven't gotten too much, but it, it does come. Just It's part of the job, I guess you could say at this point. Um, where people will come on and just say uh, really hateful and rude things. I've had, um, I've, I think at this point I've only had three death threats. So in the big scheme of things, I feel like that's not too terrible. I know that some people get them all the time, but three really is too many. When we're talking about all I'm doing is trying to provide food for my table and I'm doing it in also efforts of conservation to make sure that these animals are around and flourishing for years to come by managing herds and, you know, the populations. So I'm very thankful that I have a really good following and the people that follow me tend to be very protective over me. So a lot of the times I actually will see comments later after I've had other hunters come to my defense. And that's one of the other things that I love about hunting is we're such a tight knit community and no matter what kind of hunting you're doing, I think it's really important to remember that we're all on the same team and we all want the same things long-term goal wise. And I just try to come back to those anti-hunters and help educate them on this is why I'm hunting this animal. This is how I'm using the meat. This is, you know, how we're using as many parts of the animal as possible and let them kind of get an understanding for why we're doing it and, and all the preparation that goes into hunting that particular animal. This is not something that you just wake up one morning and go, oh, I'm going to go shoot a deer or a turkey. Like, Hunters that are true hunters, we put a lot of time and effort and research into our equipment, which is why we choose the guns that we choose and this, you know, the really nice stocks that we choose and our optics, because we want that ethical one shot, one kill, hum- the most humane way possible. And I think that a lot of anti-hunters don't see that. They think that hunting is something that's just easy, that we're these cruel people that go out and just you know, want to injure this animal or hurt them, and that's not the end result or what we want. And so I think just helping them learn all the hours that we put in that go into a hunt to even get to that point to be able to pull the trigger and what we go through mentally to get there, it's not something that's just on a whim, and it is something that we've put a lot of time and money and investment into, and I just think that helping them understand that kind of lets them see the other side. And I've had people comment back and say, wow, thank you for at least letting me know that because now I can understand it more. 
Well, that's very well said, Courtney. I really appreciate you taking the time to share that with us. Um, as with the uh, first two guests, uh, you're big into social media. And uh, I know that uh, people are interested in you know, following you. Uh, would you give us your um, Twitter account, Facebook, YouTube stuff so that people can uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, so I'm not on Twitter, but I am on Instagram is my main platform. And I have branched out and gone onto YouTube and doing videos there and also on Facebook. And my handle is Sportswoman Courtney um, or my name, Courtney Smith, or it might be listener Courtney Sweetser Smith because Sweetser was my maiden name. Um, And really, I'm just sharing my journey and hoping to help teach people along the way, let them know what gear I'm using because I'm kind of kind of like gear. I'm kind of a gear junkie. So, and I think that that can make or break any trip that you've ever been on. So I'm just trying to share my journey and help others learn what I'm learning. And I've been very fortunate to meet a lot of really great people who have been able to help me just learn along the way. And I, I, a lot of times wish that, you know, being a female and getting into this industry, it's very intimidating. And Sometimes there are things that are very elementary that I don't necessarily want to ask because you just feel dumb. And so I like to try to put all of that information out there so that no matter what you, what level you're at, you can learn something. And I think that that's what's going to help us all become better hunters. And so you can follow all of those journeys with me on Sportswoman Courtney. And that's why I said that because I don't discriminate. It's whatever's in season. So... (laughs) Well, that's great. I really appreciate you being with us, Courtney. It's you know, Time goes too fast, and I'm sorry we're out of time now. But uh, I'll keep track of you, and uh, I'm sure our paths will cross from time to time. Thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kelly. I truly appreciate you. And this is Ev again next week. Uh, we have uh, a couple of other great guests to follow along with uh, the guests we've had since we started the show. We have Steve Reichert, former Marine and personality on social media joining us, as well as Ian Harrison, a former UK recce captain uh, who is now the editor of Recoil Magazine with the title of HMFIC on his business card. So stay tuned next week to find out what all that means. Thanks, Ev. Um, Have a good weekend and join us next Friday for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Thank you for tuning in to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Be sure to come back for more next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The weekend is here. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk again next week.